Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Strength for me really comes from my upbringing, from my family. Um, so having a really supportive set of parents behind me and, and good friends around me and guys that I go into business with because I know that I'm on the right path because they'll pull me in the line if I'm not. And he goes, I'll oh, just come down for a run. I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. What time? 5 a.m. I'm like, oh, mate, are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, rewind the clock about two years ago and I, that, I did my first one. And the feeling you get from running up a hill the sun's coming up and that sort of spiraled into this event that we put down there at Bronte every week. We've now got nearly 15 run clubs around the world. We wanted to open up a facility for the area and wanted to do something to give back to community and then that dovetailed into something to do with our youth and kids. So we started the gym and then we started CSP Athlete Factory. Welcome to the latest episode of Men's Health Strength Sessions where we tackle physical, mental and emotional health and strength. My name is Scott Henderson, I'm the editor of Men's Health and I'm joined by my co-host, Lincoln Lewis. Hey mate, good to be back, thanks for having me. Mate, no stress at all, what's been happening in your life? Mate, honestly, it's just uh, back to the back to the sort of the daily grind of, of trying to get it onto another set, so at the moment I'm just training my ass off and um, just sort of acting classes and um, yeah, mate, honestly mate, just trying to stay on top of my it's game. It's a bit like that, isn't it? It's always yeah. hard when someone's like, hey, so what's been happening? <laughs> it's, where do you, I'm like, it's work, yeah, mate. That's, that's that thing, I mean, when I, when I first sort of started, it was... I was very lucky to spend, uh, I think, a good solid eight or nine years of just continuous work going from one job to another. And um, when when it starts to slow down, yeah, it's one of those things where people go, what are you up to at the moment? And you're like, well, honestly, it's it's just back to that that sort of thing of once you get off a set, you go, when's the next job? So it's just trying to stay current with my craft yep. and trying to stay on top of myself physically. And um, Actually, on that note of work, you've recently just had a project come out, Danger Close. We did, mate. Yeah, Danger Close is uh, a film about the Battle of Long Tan. Um, and, mate, honestly, it was it, it was a privilege to work on that. Um, I think they've been they were trying to get that off the ground for over fifteen years. Wow. Um, and then, yeah, finally, the job was entrusted to uh, to the director Kriv and, and written by Stuart Beatty, who. Um, I've been lucky enough to work with. Um, that that would have been some pretty demanding shoots on that on that movie. It was, mate, and it, it, it's it's kind of funny when you're working on something like that. Like we had our, I think four a.m. four to four thirty a.m. sort of makeup call. You get all your wardrobe on and this and that. Take about an hour for each person to get all their stuff done, and then we'd leave set at about sort of six seven o'clock that night. And you'd be running around and your fatigue's mostly wet because uh, back then it was just raining every day when when the boys were at war and stuff like that. And you'd be just covered in mud and dirt and this and that you'd be lugging your guns around all day but you'd be so full of adrenaline all during the shoot that by the end of the day yeah you're absolutely knackered but the thing that we'd be continuously talking to each other about is that it it, it paled in comparison to what the actual boys were going through and they were 17 18 19 at time like some of the fellas were and they weren't like training for this, they weren't ready for what was what no, was happening. They couldn't and go home and have a shower at the end of the day. Exactly right, yeah. and they were living this day in day out. And so at the end of the day, we we're like, "Oh Jesus, I'm smashed." And then there'd always be one of us just going, "Can you imagine?" We always go, "Yes, I, I know how." I mean, I can only imagine. Yeah. I can't comprehend it or understand it. What these absolute warriors went through. Yeah. 
But you know, the, add to it the, the real danger on the other end. It's not just a set, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So you've been in a few physically demanding roles. Tomorrow, when the war began, yes. as well. You yeah. know, you've, you you kind of. It seems like you really push yourself when you take these roles. Is that something you're aware of, or? Yeah, um, I, I think you're aware of it at the time because I mean, it's, it's almost like um, running a running race, mate. You, yeah. you can say this is how it might feel going through it, but you won't know until you're actually doing it. And I think you know, with, the, with things like tomorrow when the war began, we did a TV show Gallipoli, um, yep. which was World War One, and then this was uh, World War Two. Um, it's it's one of those things where, especially um, with with Gallipoli and Danger Close, when you're doing it, you're actually portraying a real event based on real soldiers and the, the thing that's in your mind the most is everything I do I like you to every role you take you commit 110% but with something like this it's there's something extra special about it in your heart and you go I I, I want to do 150,000% justice yep. to the lads that we're we're doing this on so we were lucky enough to have uh, some of the vets go and see a pre-screen before it was released in cinemas, and um, and 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 a few of the boys there was tears in their eyes, and um, no, and, that's, and, good. that's yeah, testament to your work with a lot of yeah, a lot of beautiful feedback. So I think that was the thing that that struck us the most. So mate, it was a very special thing to be a part of when when you're part of Australian history like that. If you're listening and you haven't seen it, go out and check it out. Now speaking of strength and, and tough roles, um, one role that we filled this year um, in men's health is our new fitness director, uh, Todd Lubinsky. So he's been with us now since our March issue um, and he's done all kinds of great things with, with the mag and with men's health in events and bringing the strength to our pages through through physical workouts, inspiring the message that way. But he's also taken on a role as a bit of a mental health spokesman for the brand. So He's a bit of a jack of all trades, isn't he? He is jacked of all <laughs> trades. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> he is an absolute solid unit, but he's also just started up a run club. So not only is he... Sp- physically strong he's he's got the conditioning aspect down he's tackling mental health issues he's educating the youth he's just an all-around great bloke you guys probably go to the same good blokes club <laughs> oh mate i'll tell you i think i'm still in the application process but uh, you know <laughs> it'll it'll get the seal of approval but very I'm soon definitely looking forward to talking to him mate seeing everything that he does and and the things that they've created and all the things that he takes part on mate he he seems like an absolute champion so i cannot wait to have a chat with him Todd's impact extends beyond the gym and beyond his work with men's health. Uh, He does a lot of work with local youth. Uh, He works with charity Let's Get Going, um, providing mentor and experiencing programs to adults with intellectual and physical disabilities. He's a strong mental health advocate. The list goes on and on. He's an absolute champion of a bloke. He started up the viral 440 running group that's taking the world by storm. Without further ado, let's welcome our Men's Health Fitness Director, Todd Lubinskis. Welcome to the Men's Health Strength Sessions. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, mate. So I'm just going to rattle off a little bit about you. Um, jump in and correct me if I get anything wrong. But so, mate, you've been our fitness director now for six months, so I should know this correct. off memory, but I'm just going to refer to my notes. Business owner, um, gym owner, charity operator, uh, you know, you've created this awesome community in the form of a run group um, that's now gone around the world called the 440. Yep. Uh, brand ambassador, obviously men's health uh, fitness director, which is which is the highlight of your career. I don't know where you're going to go from this. <laughs> but, of course. Um, does, does that, did I miss anything off? I mean, you're a man of many talents. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I've always tried to keep busy. I've always, um, you know, had itchy feet on it, on everything that I go in and do and um, I think that's just the way I've been brought up. I've always been brought up like around sporting teams and, um, you know, kind of at the people back. doing different sort of things. Yeah, correct. So um, I think 
that reflects a lot of my personality as well. Um, yeah. And also, it's, it reflects a lot of the all the things I'm passionate about. In your role as as men's health fitness director, you know you've kind of touched on strength in the mag for the last six months, and obviously joining us on this podcast now. If you could sum up strength, what would that be? So, I mean, it is a broad broad topic. Yeah. I mean, strength, physical strength. Um, I think that that's part of. Um, who I am and how I've been brought up because I've been brought up to quite active. Um, but I think strength for me um, really comes from my upbringing and from my family. Um, so having a really supportive um, set of parents behind me and, and good friends around me and guys that I go into business with. Um, so I guess I get a lot of strength from those guys because I know that um, I'm on the right path because they'll pull me in the line if I'm not. Yep. Um, so I think, I think the strength really re- reflects – you know, my family and, and the people I've got around me in business. Nice. Good answer. And um, now you and Link kind of share a common heritage. We do. Both your dads are, are former <laughs> leagueies. I knew I liked you, mate. There yeah. you go. See? <laughs> How has your dad's kind of career, I guess, let's just stick with the physical to start with. Yep. But, you know, how have his like training values kind of instilled themselves? You know, obviously the focus of your career is fitness at the moment, yep. um, branching out into mental health as well. But with that focus on physical health, how did your dad's career feed into that? Yeah, well, so dad played for Western Balmain. Um, Link, if you didn't know that. That's what <laughs> so, he, so um, uh, I'm a New South Welshman. You're uh, obviously a no Queenslander. One's perfect. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. I know. <laughs> so dad played for Western Balmain. I guess um, he was not playing when I was born. Um, he came off the back of a bad knee injury, So, um, but was always around footy. Um, and we'd always – so from from when I can remember, probably four or five – I was up doing sand hills um, with his old strength conditioning um, trainer Rob Roland Smith, and then off the back of that, he would he would go into he started to do some work with rugby, um, so North Rugby, and then um, back into West. So I was always in and out of change rooms, which I imagine yeah, mate, you, yeah, you growing you up, you're well. always yeah, you're always growing up in the change <laughs> rooms. And I, I remember my brother and I used to sit in it, they were the old lockers, and I mean the boys these days they've got their own. Um, big giant sort of cubicle things but we used to have these little like basically a school locker yeah my brother and I just used to sit in there and wait for the boys to come in after a game so and sort of being around um you know that professionalism of a sporting team mm-hmm. um but then also off the back of that like we'd always be going out to train so yeah. there'd always be something going on or I would be going to an, an event where we'd have to it'd be physical or touch footy on the beach or yeah. um you know playing with you know role models of the of you know people in that era playing rugby league and i'd sort of just be kicking the ball with them growing up you entered rugby league yourself you know i guess let's just strip it right back to training was that a lot of strength training was it a lot of conditioning was it a mixture of both (sighs) look when i played rugby league i was probably the fittest and strongest i've ever been in my life yeah um i was 107 kilos so i'm 94 now um, so that's, uh, and, and I was fast and I was strong and I was just a casual 94. Yeah, just a, <laughs> and I was Link, a wing. what are you, a 50, 54? Is that I, double I, your body nah, weight? 50, 50 <laughs> ring and wet. Yeah. yeah. I can talk. <laughs> and I was a winger as well. So winger going into Dead back row. Set. Yeah. So, um, I had a bit of pace on me, um, which I'd probably not get, got from my dad or my mum. I don't know where that came from, but, um, <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, that, that was probably the fittest I'd been in terms of, you know, being strong, being, um, able to run 80 minutes of a game, you know, being a, to back that up. And then obviously that kind of led into CSP Athlete Factory, which is which is your gym. Yeah. So I met my then business partners, Bronson Harrison, Shane McLeod, 
played footy with uh, both rug- rugby and um, and Bronson was a, a local guy around the area as well, um, and that fed into opening up our own facility um, five years ago. We actually got our five fiftieth birthday coming up. Well, happy birthday! Uh, thank mate. you very much. Happy birthday to the gym. I'm, my invite must be in the mail. Yeah, yeah it's coming. It's coming. Um, and links yours as well. Thanks, mate. Yeah, got um, lost on the courier pigeon, didn't of, it? Of course. Yeah, thanks, um, <laughs> but then that. That was a – we wanted to open up a facility for the area and wanted to do something to give back to community. Um, and then that dovetailed into something to do with our youth and kids. So we started the gym and then we started CSP Athlete Factory. Um, so and now we're in um, multiple high schools. We do holiday programs, term programs um, and, you know, relay the message we take from a strength and conditioning background, put them into a, a youth environment. So yeah. we've, we've talked about this kind of offline a, a bit between each other. It seems that – education in health and fitness and, and wellness uh, with the youth is really important to you. So I was brought up around all those role models and really, um, you know, really nice ways to keep active. And I didn't have an iPad. I didn't have games to go and play. I didn't have that sort of stuff. So we we're always out there getting amongst, you know, the environment and doing whatever we need to do in, in terms of that sport. Um, but it's important because now we can actually make a difference with kids. Like yeah. when they come in, the phones go in the box before they walk in the gym. They're actually forced to interact with kids who are older or the same age or younger and it starts to create some really cool bonds. Yeah. Um, whereas I think in the past, if you don't have that environment in a, in a school, that kind of gets lost and you get your clicks and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it's just trying to bring everyone together. Yep. When we were growing up, I was in, in footy and whatnot, we, yeah, we didn't have phones. We didn't have all the, all the things that the kids have today. So you, you really did like just talk the whole time. If you weren't doing something physical, you were talking. So, yep. yeah, and if you're getting the kids to yeah put all their phones, phones away, get all the distractions out of the way, when you're doing that kind of stuff, it's it's really ingraining that that socializing and, and seeing into them as well as like obviously all the physical stuff that you're incorporating. Totally, and, and it's also we're, we're getting kids that are coming through those facilities in the, in the school or in the holiday term programs that – may not normally want to go to something like that. So you naturally have kids that may want to play footy. They come and they get better at footy. We've got yeah. those kids, but then you've got kids that go, oh, I saw that. You know, I saw Benji Marshall do a flick pass and I've never played footy in my life, but I actually want to come down and be a part of that. Yeah, it's enticing yeah. other kids to be, become active and become part of something. Yeah, nice. And now you've also kind of taken those principles um, – into a charity called Let's Get Going, which I think yep. you started with your mum. Yep. Um, so you work with uh, people with intellectual and physical disabilities um, and put them through training programs and develop social skills, develop strength. Yep. So mum has always been a teacher her whole life. Um, so she was at a school called Chalmers Road in, in South Strathfield um, and primarily she was there from the age of 18 to about 24 um, and had some kids uh, that were quite young in terms of, you know, four and five. Then these kids turned into adults all that time later, which we fast forward to two years ago. Yeah. And she saw some of them walking down the street and she's like, what are you guys up to? And there was really no um, program for um, adults with, with a disability to come and like get active and get moving and things like that. Yeah. So we said, hey, come down to the gym. We had the gym. We're like, cool. We had about three or four. Um, young adults come down and I just started putting them through just some basic movement patterns and it was like squatting, getting yourself back from down from being on the floor, standing up again, deadlifting, yeah. carrying things, putting things above your head. Um, and because some of these young adults have got family members that have either passed away and they don't have the support at home. So if you fall over, 
how are you going to get yourself back up? And I feel like there are so many resources there for, for kids that are going, you know, kids living with intellectual disabilities, with Down syndrome, with that sort of thing. But, but it's kind of great when you reach adulthood, you know, where are the support networks? What what's happening for adults? So this is this is something that's kind of there for them, you know. Totally, and she's now got that program um, with the guidance of myself and the, and the guys at the gym. There's about fifteen um, athletes in there at the moment, mm-hmm. so um, ranging from all different um, walks of life and different ages and things like that. So um, we we're just saying we, we've now got a, um, a a part of that which puts them into a work placement. So throughout the all the organisations we do work with. I was talking about the GWS Giants. One yeah. of our athletes, Seba, has just gone out to run the water with them every time they go to training. So once a week, just to get that interaction of, you know, talking to yeah, athletes so and players good. and things like that, and just to get some confidence back. Obviously, coming from a footy background, strength is your thing. Sprinting is your thing, as you said. Mm. Um, then you go and start a run group. So for those that don't know, Todd, our fitness director, yeah, has started this group called the Four Forty. Bear with us while I explain it because it's a lot. (laughs) Basically, they run on Saturday mornings and they kick off at 5 a.m. So as if that's not gross enough, it's up a hill and you do 10 laps of this hill basically. So how did long-distance running (laughs) come about from your background? Good story. Um, So (laughs) I got introduced to the 440 through the founder, Trent Knox. Yep. Um, so Noxie had been running that for about three years, um, from now, from, yeah, three years ago. And he started training for a half marathon, um, Canberra half marathon, started doing hill sprints and hill repeats. Um, and then after that, the group that he was training with dropped off and he just started, kept doing the 440 and looped it. So we went up through the cutting of Bronte and then came back around. And I started seeing these things on social media and cause I knew, I knew Trent, and he goes, I'll oh, just come down for a run. I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. What time? 5 a.m. I'm like, oh, mate, are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's the first thing mate, that goes through I think through that your every head. week when you ask me to come. <laughs> yeah. And, um, so, yeah, um, I mean, rewind the clock about two years ago and I, that, I did my first one. Um, and the feeling you get from running up a hill, the sun's coming up, hanging out with like, like-minded people and because I, I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. Um, people tapping you on the bum when they pass you, like say, hey, good luck. You know, you're doing really well. I was like, what is going on? Like, this is weird. All these people are around, getting around you at 5 a.m. <laughs> All these people are happy at 5 a.m. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. weird. Yeah. Which is so bizarre. Um, and that sort of spiraled into this um, event that we put down there at Bronte every week. We've now got nearly 15 run clubs around the world. Um, and the whole idea is just to bring people together, get community to come to come together of people that may not even think they want to go running or don't know the first place to start. Then you've got the other side of the spectrum, which is people who are really avid runners and want to train for like their marathons and things like that. Yeah. So they try and race through that course. Um, and the beautiful part about it is we all get together, have a swim at the end, have a photo, have a coffee, and you just start to create these friendships and connections that wow. you never would have thought otherwise. It's, you know, a big theme going across kind of a few of these podcasts has been the community aspect of, of wellness, uh, yep. you know, whether that be fitness, mental health, whatever. I think, um, you know, with the 440 and the things that you're doing as our men's health fitness director is you're really breaking down those barriers to entry to, to being a healthy individual. And it's, you know, the things like the 440, you have people that are there that are 150 kilos that won't get out there, they're 10 laps. They'll walk and maybe do two or three, but it's more movement than they would have done. Yep. But the thing that they're finding when they go there is this supportive 
environment and it's the first step on their fitness journey and really it's basically positive environment exactly yeah. and i think a lot of people struggle on their f- first steps of their health journey because they go oh, i'm not training at that gym it's too intimidating i'm not going to that run club i can't run and it's like hey every time you hit the track you don't have to break a world record hey every time you get under the bench you know you don't have yeah. to outlift the rock <laughs> You just do what's good for you. And I think that's the kind of values that I can see you putting out there through things like the 440 and your messages in men's health. Totally. And and even stripping that right back to we've got guys that are coming down there that don't even know the first thing about well, – I'll, I'll rephrase that, probably not knowing, but have never walked into a, a store to buy outfit mm. or to buy running shoes. Like if you are someone that is potentially heavily overweight or hasn't really thought about fitness – they're going to look for the old like rugby or playing jersey or something. Dunlop that, volleys. Dunlop yeah. volleys, right? <laughs> it's bigger than anyone sitting in the room. It's bigger than all of us, this thing. Mm-hmm. like we, We've we resigned to the fact that this thing is going to help so many people and it already has and we just want to take it globally like which we're already doing. Yeah. Um, you know, We've got clubs in New York, LA, about to go into Vancouver, Far about to go out. into Tokyo. It's all it's around. It's gone viral. It's all around the country. Yeah. Um, what do you put that down to? Mate, I, I – it's it's the people that are a part of it. So yeah. that's what it, that's what I said. It's bigger than us because you've been down there. Link, yeah. you're going to come down. Hundred um, yeah. <laughs> percent. People are now going to bed early on a Friday night. They're yeah. doing like Friday pizza nights. You know, they're not drinking. Yeah. They're going. No, I've got to be up. And they're you know they're they're, they're screenshotting their alarms like three alarms so they don't miss it. They're sleeping in their active wear. Yeah. Um, How cool when, is that? And when they get there, they're like, oh, this is really cool. And it's like <laughs> yeah. their Saturday night. See, it's the best thing because you know. You've done the run, you finish the run by 5.30, you go and have your coffee at 6, you're having your first nap of the day at 7 a.m. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. In that <laughs> club, it's fantastic. Club. Yeah. It's so good. But even getting up at such an hour like that, I mean, you know, mind you, I haven't done it in a while, but, uh, but when you're getting up at such an early hour and doing something physical, you've got the whole day ahead of you. Yep. And even just the thought of that, because I mean, I know the days that I'll sleep in, I'll get up, you know, let's say 9.30 if it's a really big sleep in or whatever it may be. But if you're getting up at such an early hour and going, I would still be in bed for the next four hours, yeah, yeah. whatever it may be. And and you go, like, I can do whatever I want. you got totally. the whole day ahead of you. Yeah. yeah. And then you find that the Saturday or the afternoon turns into something a bit different because you're yeah. like, oh, I just did this really cool thing in the morning. You're making a, a, a choice, like your choice and everything and, and what you want to make on that weekend wants to set you up for the next following week. Now, I just wanted to touch on quickly as well, you're a big advocate for men's mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, mental strength is a huge focus of this podcast as well. Um, you know, what are you kind of doing in that space? Yeah, so um, just helping out any um, organization that wants to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and aligning, I don't align to anyone. Um, I'd like to help everyone. You to, align to the cause. Yeah, to the yeah. cause. I love that because the chats that we're having, um, with things regarding mental health is like the first step is having that conversation. And, and it's, it's, it's unbelievable how quickly and exponentially that's been on the rise and, and it's breaking down all those walls. But what you just said is, is, is so spot on is, okay, now that we've had the conversation, what are the tools we use to continually work on that? It's proving really effective and like I say, it's bridging that gap. It's using physical health to promote mental health totally, and, and vice versa, you know, like using that mental health and applying it to physical health. Like you're working with people that are athletes, that are emerging athletes and that are people that are taking their first step physically, you know, that's, yep. and that's overcoming a huge mental boundary. And it's no secret that when we train, we get endorphins, we feel better. So we want to talk about it. So all those things go hand in hand like it's it's – it's really how we should be we should be 
pushing that message out. And where do you see your focus kind of kind of moving forward? Obviously, you know, you own a gym, you you starting up all these fitness initiatives, but you're also kind of heavily involved in mental health. Do you want to kind of keep across both spheres or do you yeah. see yourself kind of going into one more? Um, I think I'm busy enough at the moment yeah. with, with those two. <laughs> um, but I, I really enjoy just helping people. So I really enjoy yeah. that chat. And like using men's health as the as a really nice way to open up that discussion yeah. and talk about that is is brilliant. I think that's um you know Lincoln and I have talked about this. I think that's a real reason why you stand out. Um, you know the health and fitness industry and the wellness industry. You know we all got into this industry to to kind of help other people and to to share knowledge, to learn off other people, and and to better people around us. And it's kind of sometimes it takes takes an unfortunate turn where it becomes about the individual you know um whereas your focus is always on other people um and you know take that as you will you don't have to reply to that (laughs) (laughs) but but, but take that compliment because it really sets you apart you know the focus is still on others and bettering others and i think that's probably why things like the 440 you know your influence to kind of build that kind of group and that culture is key to to the success of that brand so so yeah, well totally. Done. I appreciate that. Thanks, mate. I've got a question. Is um, when obviously with everything that you've just told us that you're doing is is incredible. It's like, how do you find the time of the day for for anything else? You know, you got so much. So I was going to say, first of all, could you run us through, if not a standard day, yep. or if you did want to put in a nutshell, what a standard week is like? Well, I don't know if like, we, yep. you know, but um, also before those, before you answer those, like. To continuously, what's to, to add on to what Scotty was saying? You know, you're always doing things to help other people. It's it's always about who can I help and how do I help them. It's where like you you have a, it seems like you just have this endless supply of motivation to always want to continuously help other people, no matter how much time of your own it's it's going to be sacrificed. It's like I just want to know your motivation. Yeah, I guess um, it comes from, and I'll take it back to the way I was brought up and what I was um, given access to as a kid. Like I always got access to really good opportunity. I didn't have a tough life growing up. I always, you know, had an opportunity to go and speak to someone or talk to someone about anything I wanted to go and do or get career advice. So I come across people in in the day to day, like just from kids we deal with at at a school or, or guys in our gym or people at men's health or at events and you just feel like you want to help sometimes because you want to pass that knowledge on or pass what you've been given the opportunity for to actually better someone. Yeah. Um, and it's by, and it's just from having a chat with someone. Um, and I, when it comes down to like the day to day and looking at like what, how I sort of get time back for myself, I try and, um, just break my week up. So on the Monday to Tuesday, Wednesday, I work with the gym and the kids um, academy stuff with my other business partners. When it comes to Thursday, it's Men's Health Day, essentially. Like I block out a Our lot of stuff for that. Favorite day of the week. <laughs> favorite day of the week. Um, um, and then on the Friday, I try and get time back for myself. Um, so I'll do my training throughout the whole week. But Friday is really a day where I'll go and you know have a lunch with a mate or go and see a family member or um, just hang out, go for a swim. Sometimes I like to just sit by myself yep, yep. <laughs> for like a few hours. Mate, the social fatigue is real. Yeah, um, and <laughs> I actually experienced that this week from just a bunch of different events. Um, and then on the Saturday, it's usually 4.40, so you, you naturally just feed off the energy of everyone being down there and seeing how cool it is. Um, then on the Sunday, it just kicks off again. So, Mate, unreal. How important is it? Not just physically, but how important is it mentally to need to take that time away? Because I know in the in the age we are, everything's just getting faster and busier, especially even with social media, we never really truly switch off. How important is it 
for you to stress that you need to take that time away for yourself mentally, t- even physically? It's a non-negotiable for me. Um, I started uh, Vedic meditation probably about 18, 19 months ago. Um, so I give myself 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the afternoon. If I miss the afternoon, um, I'll do it in the evening. But it's a, I put myself through a mantra and put myself into a, a meditative state. Um, and that taps into all my neural pathways and it just allows me to sit with myself, push the things away that I don't need to worry about and bring the things back into the, into the present that I need to fully worry about. Um, do you listen to specific music for that or do you? No, I just sit with myself. I've just got a mantra. I can do it right here, right now with, you know, a speaker playing next to me, next to a car. I've done it in my car <laughs> a few times. I saw it. He did it while I was doing the intro. I saw him tune out. I'm back. I'm back. But that's – it's it saved me. I went through probably about two and a half years ago. I got really stressed at work um, just from managing everything and I ended up coming up with these really bad hives. Um, you know, I uh, look like Hitch on one of them. Yeah, my, yeah, my, yeah. My, it starts swelling yeah, up. Yeah, everything yeah. starts swelling up and I was like, what is going on? I went and got um, allergy tested and nothing nothing came up for, for an allergy of like food or environmental and it was stress. And I've found that I need to do something about this because if I don't manage it, you know, it's going to turn out to be something that I can't control. Yeah. Um, and so now that Vedic meditation just puts me through and, and just centers me and brings me back to where I need to be. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, mate, it's, it's non-negotiable for me. Nice. Wow. Now, mate, um, if anyone wants to jump on the 440 train, yeah. uh, they can look you up on socials. So, it's the 440. Uh, the underscore 440. The underscore 440. Yep. And then you can find one there all over the country all over the world. So yep. if you're listening to this overseas. Yep. But um but also jump on that that Instagram page and find your local one. Uh you can also read tips on strength uh every month, you know, mental, emotional and physical, uh direct from Todd in men's health. And mate, thank you for the time and for for joining us in the strength sessions. Thank you guys. What a bloke. What a bloke, mate. What are your takeaways from that? Because I've obviously worked pretty closely with Toddy for the last six months. What, what were your impressions, Link? Yeah, well, I think honestly throughout uh, a lot of that, uh, when you guys were chatting away, I was just sort of sitting there. I was I was captivated by everything that you guys were talking about. So for me, I took, I, I took everything away from that. But I think what stuck out for me at the most was at the end. And, and I said when he was talking about how you take time away from the rat race, that is. And someone yeah. as busy as, uh, as, as Toddy is, that he needs to take time away from himself. And, and I think that's, that's something that everyone that's listening really needs to sort of listen to. You know, our lives can be so busy, but you do need to take time out for yourself. And, um, you don't want to wait until you actually start to recognize physical things about that, that may be like popping up as a, as a sign of stress or fatigue. So that's what I'm definitely taking away. I think that's a, such an important message. And I think as well, he's a perfect advocate for men's health and the perfect person for this role of, of fitness director because, just purely because of that recognition that physical strength feeds into mental mental strength and you can't have one without the other. And I think the way he delivers that message in a non-threatening, non-preachy way, he, he's the perfect guy for the role. I could not agree with you more, mate. Absolutely. As we mentioned in the podcast, you can join Todd um, and his crew for one of his 440 run clubs around the country. Just head to Instagram, the underscore 440. Uh, and while you are on Instagram, change back to the podcast app, rate, review, and subscribe this strength session. Don't forget to tell your mates. And until next time, have a great week, legends. Thanks for tuning in. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 